In the first seven episodes in this first series of Crash Course, we've looked at renting in the UK. I've looked at why rent is so high, how difficult it is to find a home, the disproportionate power held by landlords, and how renters are too often forced to live in unsafe conditions. It's all been pretty depressing. Finally, though, in episode eight, we're getting to the good news. There is an alternative, and that alternative is Vienna. It's a city known for having the best social housing in the world. 60% of the city's 2 million inhabitants benefit from socialised housing of one form or another. And unlike in much of Europe, its social housing stock was never subject to a successful neoliberal attack. So what's the secret of Vienna's relative housing bliss? And how could we bring a bit more Vienna to the UK? Or whatever other renting hellscape you might be listening from. To answer those questions, I spoke to Kirsty Lang. She's a freelance broadcaster who's worked for the BBC and The Times and who had a great long read in the Financial Times at the end of December on the Viennese housing model. Welcome to Crash Course with me, Michael Walker. This full conversation is available only to Patreon supporters of Crash Course. If you're listening on the free feed and want to hear the whole thing, please go to patreon.com forward slash crash course pod. If you're already a supporter on Patreon, thank you so much. You are what makes this all possible. Kirsty Lang, thank you so much for joining me. You're most welcome. Um, so we're going to talk about housing policy in Vienna, of course, getting into some detail. Could I actually start by asking you to explain, you know, what led you to Vienna? Why? Can you set the scene a bit? What were your first impressions of Vienna when you got there? Um, God, my first impressions of, of, of Vienna were how... Um, incredibly clean it is so i um i have lived for many years in uh, in west london in shepherd's bush which I, I'm, I'm very fond of um uh, but uh, uh, let's put it this way you can practically eat off the streets in vienna and you certainly wouldn't want to be eating off the streets of shepherd's bush um I came here because my husband uh has uh has an academic job here um and uh and we moved here about about 9 months ago and as I was looking for flats um for somewhere for us to to live um I was struck by how low the rents were in comparison to other major European capital cities and of course in 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 particular in comparison to how much you would pay in London um, so, you know, I have a very nice two bedroom flat in what is the equivalent, I would say, of kind of South Kensington or Belgravia. In other words, right in the centre of Vienna, an area that would have been no way could anybody on an academic and freelance journalist salary afford to live in London. Um, but here it is possible to live in, in the centre in a nice flat um, um, for quite reasonable rent. And so I I started to... To look into that. The other thing was that I noticed when I moved here that Vienna consistently comes top of these indexes of the most livable city in the world, um, at which the Economist Intelligence Unit and uh, various rating agencies like Mercer's and so on do 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 these ratings for um, for of, 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 of cities. And uh, and I thought, well, that's interesting. You know, what why, why does Vienna come out on top? Um, beyond the kind of you know the clean streets and the cheap public transport, and and I think actually the the key reason is its housing policy. 
And it's interesting because, I mean, I've I've uh, talked about this before. You've got all of these free market magazines that are saying the best city to live in in the world is the city that has 60% of people living in social housing. We're going to get back to that potential tension later on. Um, let's jump in. I mean, we'll talk about your rental situation as well later because you're not in the social housing sector as a new arrival. But 60% of Viennese residents are. Now, that might seem quite shocking to anyone in, to be honest, most other cities in the world. Um, can can you talk about that? Actually, when, uh, on the subject of free market magazines um, extolling the virtues of living in, 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 in Vienna, I always laugh when I hear some of our politicians talk about the Singapore model or, you know, make, you know post-Brexit. Do you remember London was going to become Singapore on the Thames? In Singapore, over 80% of people mm. live in public housing. So I just thought I'd mention that. Yeah, so um, so sixty percent in, in, in live in in some form of, of public housing in 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 Vienna. Um, I mean, just to give you, uh, I don't want to bombard you with statistics, but I think it's something like only eighteen percent of the apartments in Vienna, and most people live in flats. Right, it's quite densely populated. There are very few houses. Um, I think only 18% of people live in owner-occupied properties. So the vast majority of people in Vienna, as in many European cities, rent. And they may actually rent the entire uh, uh, the one flat for, for most of their adult life. I mean, one, one of my uh, elderly neighbours has been in this building that I live in since 1961. <laughs> so, so over 60 years. Um, and... Um, so, uh, how do they keep um, rents relatively low? They have they have two 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 um, aspects to it. There is social housing, and this takes two forms. There's council flats, which are completely owned by the city and operate not unlike council flats in in the UK. You are on the basis of need and a points based system. And the other half are like cooperative flats, which. You know, frankly, you know, you could be on a relatively high income and qualify for a cooperative flat. You would put some money in. You'd put a deposit down for that flat, which you would get back if 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 you were were to leave, and you would pay rent. It's a sort of public private um, um, uh, sort of non profit housing associations. I, I I would say they're a bit like housing associations. Um, but um, but you're not just renters. You 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 actually own you 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 know you you have a stake in the cooperative. Um, so uh, so you have you have that. And then for people like me who are renting on completely on the private market, there are rent controls. Um, uh, so uh, with with indefinite tenancies very often. So actually, it's really difficult for a landlord to get you out. Um, uh, you can get a shorter tenant. I've got a shorter tenancy. I don't have an indefinite tenancy because I'm not planning to live here indefinitely. Um, uh, and you get a discount for that. Right, so I, my, my rent is discounted by 20% because I don't have an indefinite tenancy. And so, I mean, let's focus on social housing in a moment because that will be our, our biggest mm. issue for today. But actually, rent controls, incredibly contentious wherever they're introduced. We're always told, oh, if you introduce rent controls, it will be impossible to rent a flat because no landlord will want to, um, you know, offer their property on the market. They'll just withhold it or sell it. Why has that not happened in Vienna? It seems like you have rent controls and it works. It does. Well, I mean, I think, first of all, you have to... Um, uh, you have to look at the fact that 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 Vienna's public housing policy for a hundred years has been to create a, a surplus and therefore exert downward pressure on on rent. So, it, on the most basic level of kind of supply and demand, 
um, uh, you know, private landlords know that there is, there is, you know, that there is to a certain extent a surplus. There's a lot of housing, so you don't have those supply and demand issues. Um, I think it's also more difficult. I mean, what we have in London is we have an awful lot. Our housing market is very often um, we have a lot of foreign ownership, people buying flats, speculating on flats, um, uh, which they never then live in. Um, uh, again, that's that that's much more difficult in a lot lot of European cities. Where I mean, I think in Copenhagen you have to you have to live there for at least five years before you can um, you can buy a flat. Um, not exactly sure what it is in Vienna, but it's it would be much harder. It's it's definitely harder for 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 foreigners to speculate um, on the on the housing market. And anyway, what would be the point? Because as I say. Uh, there's a surplus of housing, so you don't have the huge profits to be made. And in your Financial Times piece, you sort of talked about the quality of the housing. And one thing that really struck, you know, stuck out to me or stuck out to me, sorry, um, was you're saying these these new social housing developments with swimming pools on the roofs. And obviously what that sort of evoked to me was the Sky Pool in London. So it's a development um, in, in Battersea by the river, which has sort of become the symbol of gentrification um, in Britain and inequality because you've got these very posh, expensive flats where they can swim um, in a pool which is sort of suspended in the sky so them swimming is visible to everyone else. But swimming pools on roofs in Vienna isn't a symbol of gentrification. That's just a symbol of high-quality social housing. Exactly. Well, let me take you back now to... The, the beginning of the story, really. Why, why, does, why does Vienna have such fantastic social housing? That was the first part of my conversation with Kirsty Lang on the Viennese housing model. The rest of the conversation was, if I do say so myself, very interesting. Um, if you want to listen to the whole thing, please do go to patreon.com forward slash crash course pod. You'll get access to all the episodes of this series and all future series. And you'll help support the show. The show is, of course, only possible because of our Patreon supporters. We've got lots of ideas about future series we want to make, and that will really require us getting our Patreon numbers up. Um, so please do go to patreon.com forward slash crash course pod.